and he's like hiding in the bushes just like drawing in a notepad and he's calling his mom he's like mom please come pick me up now there are boys outside and they're farting so <laughs> much farting Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Erlene and Donald are rejoining us, and today we are going to explore the teen graphic novel collection. Teen! That's right, we're diving right into it. We have two specialists here today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> two, yeah, we do! Two members of the teen department. Yes. The teen team, as I like to call it. Yes, the teen team. <laughs> But we won't start with the teen team. I okay. think, do we want to do the same thing we did last time? Let's talk about themes a little bit. Sure. Oh, I like the way we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it was cool. It was kind of like a nice universal look at mm-hmm. the teen graphic novels. So for people who don't normally look in the teen graphic novel section, what did you see when you were looking around as far as themes not including superhero comics? Like I was telling Donald, actually yesterday I think it was, what bothered me about it was there was very few take away DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. very few options when it comes to just standalone graphic novels to read in the mm-hmm. teen section. Yeah. Plethora in kids, plethora in adults, but like you take away a, everything else, I couldn't find it. I really there is like a little bit of a dearth of things that are like graphic novels specifically for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Even ones that I see come up that are billed as teenagers, it, it still just doesn't, there's not a lot. Like, if if it is something, it might be, like, a nonfiction thing that's, like, a memoir of some... And I was just like, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. we have a few, and and you're going to hear about some of those today. But I agree with you that as far as, like, really creative, like, nuanced look at the age range just doesn't exist as much in teens as it does in, like, juvenile and adult fiction. And, Donald, I feel like last time you even touched on this when we were leading into the children's graphic novels... With teen graphic novels in particular, you do have a layer of cynicism that's kind of included, but I still feel like it's more emotionally raw than what you get in adult graphic novels. Mm. I don't know if you guys agree with me. The other thing that's kind of interesting about teens is a lot of times it's about exploring firsts. It could be first romances. It could be your first dabbling in making more adult decisions or something like that, but you're Mm -hmm. really getting a taste of transitioning from child to adult yes and if it is going to be about like your relationship with other people it generally is about like finding that independence not necessarily forming your relationships or anything like that but finding a way to like express yourself differently either finding a new friend group or finding someone to support you or if it's like a fantasy or sci-fi finding a group of people who can support you on whatever your quest may be. I I do think, I do try to order a good number of graphic novels when they come around, mm-hmm. but when we get those magazines with, like, recommendations and stuff, it's, like, 12 graphic novels, 11 for children, <laughs> one for teens. The one for teens is a history of the United States in graphic novel form, and you're like, is that really just for teens? Yeah. It always was like a, like a missed opportunity, though. Yeah. Especially because, like, that is, like, the prime age, I feel, anyway, for, like, comic books. Yeah. There were so many of my friends who were reading, like, the Marvel and DC mm-hmm. comics. If you could find a way to just incorporate a few more just Just unique carry that stories, energy over. Yeah, just carry it over. I, that yeah. would be such a good move i think mm-hmm. yeah especially with netflix adapting all of these wonderful mm-hmm. graphic novels exactly. looking at you Heartstopper, which is in our team collection category yeah, yeah. Just binge for days okay who wants to go first 
I'll go first because I think Sacrifice. I'm the one that has the fall into the non. I'll be tribute. Mine falls into the nonfiction retelling. So I did this place, 150 years retold. And I did like I always, I just grabbed something. It's meaty, it's hefty. And I'm glad I did because this is a retelling of events that happened to indigenous people in Canada and the U.S. told from a point of view, from a young person who's asking questions of the why. Why is this? What's happening? Mm -hmm. So you have about 20 contributors who are all connected some way to indigenous heritage, telling different stories of conflict that's happened to their people from either the 1800s up until 2010 or 2020, retelling it. And one of the stories in here um, takes place in Canada, and it takes place in 1980 and 81, where they were, there's a set of people who have their own land given to them, right? Anyway, conversation. (laughs) And it's dealing with the salmon wars. And it was dealing with fish and salmon fishing and salmon farming. And the government telling them they can't fish 24-7 when... This is our land. We can fish as long as we want to. They were overfishing over here and they had wardens coming in at night cutting their nets. And so you hear about the 1981 fishing wars, but it happened in 1980 first that started it and it carried on where it was literally us against them. And I like the fact that, like we were saying earlier, this is heavy. We just want to have lighthearted fantasy, but it's that retelling of stories you may have not ever heard before. Mm-hmm. Illustration's beautiful. And it, what I like about it, I can show you, can't see it here. When you open it, you get like why he's right, why the person's writing the story. It's all true stories and a timeline for this particular story. It starts in 75 all the way through 87 and different events that happen on their land. And this is in Quebec, Canada. That's what I like about it. And it's beautifully illustrated. And it gives you historical maps, talk about the Treaty of 1752, Peace and Friendship Treaty. The said tribe Indians shall not be hindered from or have liberty of hunting and fishing as usual and shall have free liberty to bring for sale skins, feathers, fowl, fish, or any kind, giving permission to sell what they want and do what they want on their land, but now they're being restricted. So it just shows you everything in here was going on and I'm trying to cut off their resources. Mm-hmm. And I found it really, really interesting And every story is like that. Things I never even heard of. And I think that with this particular book, you rarely hear stories of the indigenous people until after you hear, like, you know about Oklahoma, you know about certain areas, but you don't hear about other things of what you didn't hear. You know, I just like the fact that you're bringing aware to the teenage people certain histories that you may not read about in school. Does that make any sense? So since it's different authors, is it different illustrators as well, or is it the same illustrators? No, some of the same illustrators are doing everything, but they're all indigenous in some way. So no one on this project is outside of. They have a connection to some indigenous group in some kind of way. And I actually, I read that one as well when I ordered it. I guess I, I sometimes it's hard when you're ordering stuff, you don't really know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was all nonfiction, but it mm-hmm. was really interesting. When I got mm-hmm. it, like... Having that little recap at the beginning of every new story with the timeline, mm-hmm. it was really a good way to place yourself in what was happening around that area. And it really does, like, span such a, like, large variety of, like, places and peoples with the same, like, thing tying them together. The fact that they were misplaced from their land and are now dealing with that hundreds of years later. And I want to think, I think a few of here are just, like, stories that are just being told and passed down. Mm-hmm. And there's also a big chunk of actual events, like you said, with the timeline. Yeah. 
I love the summary of why and then the timeline showing you everything. It made it more like, okay, let me see what's going on. Mini history lesson compacted. I like educational material and like graphic novel in form. graphic novel form yeah. or just specifically any sort of medium that makes it visual for me i'm a very mm-hmm. like visual person mm-hmm. so if i can like see something played out across like several pages or even in like a documentary those kinds of things just help me absorb it more mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of teens they absorb information a lot better mm-hmm. when it's in that kind of medium you know i feel like if Especially if that book like nonfiction, like it's the medium helps if yeah, nonfiction. For sure. Like if that book were a textbook and your teacher was like, All right guys, this is what we're reading for the semester and you, they go you like lo- you lost them. What? They slam down a four hundred page <laughs> book. Yeah. <laughs> and this is legit probably three hundred pages or close to yeah. it. But every story is different and you're getting actual mm-hmm. timeline of events and you can just oh let me look that up. I was intrigued. I'm a history major. Mm-hmm. And I believe me, the book with just the words and black and white images drove me crazy through the <laughs> But this was really, I like this because so many, I think we're in a generation right now where history is lost mm-hmm. and our younger people do not understand the history. It may be ugly, it may be bloody, but there's a history and there's a reason why. And this, I feel hopefully would make someone, oh, let me look into that have more awareness of what's going on with everyone in the world not just one set who's next i don't know who feels like they have a more serious book to follow i am the only one that's serious so i was like let me get it out of the way we can move to mine next and we can just go from there because i think i think erlene had the most serious book of us <laughs> all no it's, it's okay. okay it's good to have a sampling yes so i read pumpkin heads which is a fantastic october read written by rainbow rowell i forget the illustrator's name i'm so sorry but the illustrations were beautiful they were so cute this was the cutest frothiest pumpkin spice october (laughs) book that you could possibly read it was about two teens that work on a like hayride like the kind of like seasonal like the theme park in quotations that opens it's very family friendly they have like candy apples and hot chocolate and stuff and they have worked together for many years and they do this every like season it's like their fall break-ish area and they know each other pretty well and he has this huge crush on this girl who works in a different little store on the grounds and his best friend is super supportive she's always like you know like this is your our last year you gotta go after her. you gotta do it so it becomes this quest for him to like trek across the lands and like it, it makes this very small i assume festival seem like this large impediment because he's like he's running into people he's not supposed to be away from where he's working so he's like hiding around it's very cute and it's just so nice and refreshing because you you do realize in the beginning that his friend who works with him likes him but at no point is she ever like oh no you should just hang out with me or like she's just like you know what i never shoot my i never shot my shot yeah, you should do it. I support you. And it was just so nice to see this some person who who likes their friend, but is also just like, I just want the best for you. Like, that's great. Like, let's go find this girl. We're gonna we're gonna make a declaration before this night is over. And it's just like a bunch of hijinks. There's nothing spooky other than the general fall atmosphere, <laughs> which is really nice because I know October is great for like scary things, but it's also just like generally a nice vibe. And it's nice to get that without all of the skeletons and ghosts and stuff and just get the like everyone's wearing overalls and flannel. Like it's really like <laughs> it feels cozy. Uh, oh, it's cozy. October just came out and punched someone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very sweet. And 
if someone is a fan of like Rainbow Rowell, it is exactly her vibe, but in graphic novel form. And like I said, illustrations are fantastic. It's very cozy. If you are a pumpkin spice person, but not a ghost person, this is the right book for you so you can feel like you too are taking part in October, but not in a way that is scary. <laughs> but yeah, I really like it. I, I, I love any book that gets me like healthy relationships between teens whether they be friendships or like romantic relationships because I think it is very easy to err on the side of being toxic because it's for the drama and it's also like it's everyone's first time doing stuff like first time being in a relationship stuff like that so they're gonna be bad at it they're gonna be toxic because they've never done it before (laughs) so it is always nice when you see one where you're like this is just very unproblematic everyone's happy everyone's supportive this is just like best case scenario (laughs) But yeah, I I really like that one. I like to recommend it to people who just want like a a low drama, casual. Or maybe those of us in Texas where it's still unseasonably hot. Yeah, we can pretend that we can pretend that we can also wear sweaters and overalls and flannel, and it's okay. (laughs) And my book was The Backstagers by James Tynion IV. And then the illustrator is Ryan Singh. Ryan Sig. I like this one. Well, okay. So quick preface. I pretty much chose all of my graphic novels because of their color palette. Uh, color palette. <laughs> um, if you look on the cover of my graphic novels, they all have this like they all very similar. Blue, yeah, with like the bright like magenta <laughs> highlights. And I don't know. I like the aesthetic of all of that, but also like I like the stories. I opened the pages mm-hmm. and they were actually really good. The Backstagers is about this crew in a, an all boys high school, and they are the prop people. They work backstage. They build the props. They do all this equipment. But, plot twist, there is a secret door in the backstage area that leads to another world. Another world full of tunnels and all of these <laughs> mystery I rooms. Theme between yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, what's up with Donald's like, and then I ran man. away. <laughs> I like Final Fantasy. <laughs> what can I say? I don't like it here. I want to change. No, not the, yeah, not the library. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Thank you. Thank you. But this is pretty good. I really like it. The one thing that, like, when I opened the, like, in the very first two pages, the main character he is very, very nervous because it's a new school for him. And he's like hiding in the bushes, just like drawing in a notepad. And he's calling his mom. He's like, mom, please come pick me up now. There are boys outside and they're farting. So <laughs> much farting. I was like, oh my God, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> There's boys outside and they're farting. <laughs> you feel seen. Huh? And it was just so good. And then it just goes on to like him meeting the backstage cast and how how close they are, how much they stick up for each other, and how quirky they all are. We have this one guy who's, like, the big softy, but he has, like, a, such an imposing stature. But, like, he's the one who's, like, the most helpful. He's out here, like, I can build this for you. I got you. If something is scary, I'll, I, I'm holding you, know. And then you have the, the tech person who is kind of a loner, but, you know... He's not really a loner because he has his group of friends. And so just really, it's really cool seeing all of those different personalities, like, work together. It's nothing you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, don't expect anything new outside of, like, the premise of their backstage and there's magic. But, yeah, I think the the art style is pretty cool. The color palette is amazing. I'm always a color guy. So if it if it looks good to the eyes, I'm probably there. I will say I read that one and the color palette is fantastic. Yeah. Their friendship is great. Like, it's just a nice, supportive group of friends. And I also just love the idea that, like, stage managers and stuff finally got their own graphic novel. They're just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff goes on. Like, it's so funny because, like, just the perspective of this where there's, like, a whole play going on Mm -hmm. and, like, you don't even really see it. Like, you you know it's happening because you'll hear, like, people, like, doing dress rehearsal. Like, something will happen and you'll get, like, a shot of the stage from, like, the side. And you're like, oh, my God, there's, like, something happening out there. (laughs) And we have, like, we're not even in it. 
it's so funny. <laughs> There's also like kind of a a mystery kind of threaded throughout. In the backstage area, it's so expansive and so mysterious that the stage manager just like it goes on forever and it's very possible for you to get lost and there are creatures in there that are very dangerous. So like don't go back there if you don't know what you're doing. So they get kind of like a little bit of training. But <laughs> there was this one class of stage managers in 1987 who went in and never came out. <laughs> So <laughs> they're just hanging out, man. They're just hanging out in this because the tunnels move and everything like that, right? So it's like you can go in one way, but you're probably not going to come out Is the same Hogwarts? way. I'm just trying to figure I mean, it out. I think that's the premise. I think it's I think it's more like an extra dimensional. Like it's it feels kind of like nice Cthulhu. Like <laughs> nice like you're not going to go crazy in there, but it does have that kind of ominous sense of weirdness. Yeah. Capital W. As opposed to Hogwarts, it's more like a like this is an unknowable space. There's some rules that do apply. We're gonna have to teach you so you don't get lost in the pit of like crying s- crystals. And you're like, what? And they're like, it's like a pit of crystals, and they make crying sounds. What? What do you want from me? God, <laughs> it's so one, weird. <laughs> there's this one room filled with, and this is my this is the part where I kind of like almost tapped out. Uh, filled with gigantic spiders mm-hmm. who ooze rainbow paint from their little appendage thing. Yep, awful disgusting that's why i was like it's it's more weirdness it's like it's more absurdity where you walk in a room and you're like okay (laughs) so did the people that get lost in there back in 1987 did they die or is there a way to live in there we don't know so i've only read the first one maybe the second i've only read the first one so i don't know i'm assuming at some point that happens like there's a culmination to this mysterious thread running throughout the backstagers it's super fun and cute but also be careful (laughs) <laughs> they're probably like water worlding it out there they're, they have like a little caravan of people <laughs> like, they've lived here the whole time okay leslie all right i am bringing a very frothy read as well probably more appropriate for winter if mm-hmm. you're wanting cozy winter vibes after you read pumpkin heads there you go but anyway this is a book that donald recommended to me and on the surface it looks like something that i'm super not the audience for it's about hockey Mm-hmm. And, you know, I live in Texas. Interestingly enough, I found out that the author, who is Ngozi Ukazu, is first-generation Nigerian-American, also from Texas. Nah! So she had never seen hockey or anything until she went to Yale, and then apparently she picked up an article on it and became obsessed She's... to the point where she made a series about it called yeah. Check, Please. I thought that was kind of adorable. It makes me really want to go watch some hockey games now. I mm-hmm. actually have wanted to for a while, so this was fun to read about. Anyway, the main character, I can't even remember what his first name is, because apparently when you're on a team, you just refer to each other by your nicknames that are mm-hmm. roughly based on a rearrangement of your first or last name or both. So he goes by Biddy the whole time, which is fitting. He's a little dude, and he has a background in figure skating, but he's mm-hmm. so coordinated that he gets recruited to Samwell University to play on their hockey team. Yes. He is an adorable high energy vlogger and mm-hmm. he's also an avid baker. And the one thing I will warn you about if you try this series is that you're going to want to make pies or eat pies yep. after <laughs> reading it. So many pies. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that's what he does when he's stressed out is he just bakes pies. So he develops kind of a crush on the team captain whose name is Jack, who is this brooding French Canadian who is also straight. So you have a little bit of that dynamic going through, but the romance doesn't really hijack the story because ultimately this is, this is kind of a sports book. So mm-hmm. you're following the team and their ups and downs as they're trying to prove themselves as a team and win awards. Jack feels like he has something extra to prove because his dad was a famous hockey player. So mm. everybody had great expectations from him. And then he slumped. I don't know what happened. I can't remember exactly what happened that made he him. either got injured. I thought he got injured. I think he yeah. got injured in like it through his whole like trajectory. Off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. he really feels this extra pressure to live up to his 
dad's standards and to, you know, break into the professional world. Mm-hmm. The title is also adorable. So in hockey, when you are checked, that's when somebody rams into you on purpose. Mm-hmm. And apparently Biddle's kryptonite is being checked. He's kind of like a fainting goat. He just like <laughs> passes out whenever. Fainting goat. <laughs> I just imagine a goat, him just laid out stiff. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this added element of him trying to learn how to work past this mental block that he's got to being checked. And so he and Jack spend some extra time on the ice trying to help him work through that. Yeah. Anyway, the story is really wholesome. You know, at one point, Biddy finally comes out to his team and they're all just like, oh, well, I wish you would have told us sooner because we would have hooked you up with a different date. So, like, (laughs) it's very, like, I don't know. It's just enjoyable. It's light. Everybody's very supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. There is a fair bit of cursing in here because it's on a university, on a team. But honestly, it didn't feel out of place. Yeah. Just a warning. You're going to want to consume carbs afterward. (laughs) I also read Check, Please. And there's a second one as well. It's a limited series, so there's only two of them. But it is such a nice read. Like, the team really... It felt like by the end of these, like, two little volumes, I recognized, like, team members. And sometimes if your secondary characters aren't strong enough, you'll just be like, oh, the other people. Yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those people too. But it felt like people would come on and I could remember, like, their name or their, like, personality just from, like, seeing their face. Because they do such a good job of making some of these team members come alive. Like the guy with the mustache. Like Yes. <laughs> yes. Didn't he shave it at one point? And everyone was like, what? Horrified. We were, we were all horrified. <laughs> I think that might have been in the second one, maybe. But oh, I'm gotcha. not sure. Okay, yeah, it's not in the first one. Gotcha, so. gotcha. But yeah, it's it's just such a nice, lovely read. And it was one of those first transitions from webcomic to printed. And that happens a lot now because webcomics are huge. But this was one of the first ones that I know of where it was like fully bound. Like we have a hardback copy of this graphic novel. So it went from webcomic to fully funded. I think it might have been a Kickstarter or something. Like I think so. To originally publish it. And then it got picked up by a major publication. But yeah, it's such a nice, just like a nice, lovely read. And also like, you know... I'm a mother of a boy and mm-hmm. the mom's relationship with her son in this, the mom's with Biddy is adorable. Like yes. all of these relationships are for the most part, really positive and yeah. sweet. And mm-hmm. it's just nice to inhabit that space for a while. Yeah. Yes. It's good to have that reference and, you know, drama, darkness, all of that stuff is good. But if you never have a reprieve from it, then you can't really, you can't really do a good job comparing them because mm-hmm. you're just like, everything sucks. So this isn't, this isn't any worse or better than anything else. But yes, also I want a pie now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm probably going to bake one this weekend because right. uh, he, I want, even I want the a oven pie. is a character in this book. Its name is Betsy, by the way. And it's Aww. a big deal when she finally like keels over. So <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> I think that's something I really enjoy about teen books, too. I mean, as we were talking about it, we, I read a lot of fic- uh, teen fiction. And comparing that to juvenile fiction, it goes from talking about, like, friendships and whatnot, those very, like, light relationships to, like, more intimate relationships, either with your parents or, like, with a significant other. And I enjoy teen fiction just because, like, it's very it's very experimental. We get so many books in the teen fiction where it's just, like, these are different relationship styles. How does this work? How are these different people going to fit together? And... If that doesn't work out, this is okay, too, because you still have so much life ahead of you, you know? Yeah. And I really like that, especially in, like, graphic novel form, where you really get to see their facial expression. Mm-hmm. They're just like, uh, please, like me. <laughs> and it's well, just really Yeah, fun. what I like about teen is it gets there quickly. Yes. Oh. There isn't all that extra. You build a character pretty quickly. 
you get to the point pretty quickly and it's like this is a quick read and i'm enjoying it yes mm-hmm. i yes, guess as we get to adults we just drag it out we want to hear ourselves <laughs> talk we're gonna make it experimental and you're <laughs> like oh and then, and the team is like it just really gets there i yeah. i started reading team i read twilight and divergent Siri in in the Hunger Games, I was like, I love how it just kind of throws you in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is great. Where's the next <laughs> one? You yeah. Know, so yeah. I I I feel like teen fiction, graphic novel fiction too, mm-hmm. is kind of like teenagers themselves in that everything is a lot, so it's not for some people, but also they're just willing to do whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. throw it in the pot, see if it works. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, we'll just do something else. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like. As far as the publishing industry and even maybe the consumers of like adult fiction just don't feel that. They're like, oh, this is kind of a little too weird for me or like something like that. Yeah. It's a lot harder to sell something strange or different, either plot or like structure wise, because the, they're like the consumers don't want that. <laughs> they're not open to it. Something I've never been able to quite put my finger on. I'm not really a romance reader. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. But for some reason, it has never bothered me in teen. And I don't know if it's just because you're... I feel like it feels realistic that yeah. it would be all-consuming because you're like, yeah, teenagers feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the teen romance bothers me. Yeah. It bothers That's fair. Me. Not no, no, but quit I, I clutching hear more. your pearls. I want to hear more. Quit clutch- what I mean by that is, I guess, and this is where I think it comes into where as an adult consumer, oh, they don't want to hear that. It's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To where as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is, this is worrying me twilight i'm like this is this is possessive yeah I'm worried oh, twilight about was unhealthy AF, this is unhealthy <laughs> this is unhealthy thing, like i i too there are many teen romances and books that i'm just like this is bad um but it never seems unrealistic exactly that's a sad that's, 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 a, that's is... a sad part but also that's the part where i'm willing to forgive it a lot more because i'm like yeah. okay yeah a 15 year old would get rid of everything else in their life and completely like as devote an adult, themselves. Like, I want to get over this. What are you doing? Why are you wanting to see Yeah, this, as an this, adult, you're just you like know, a jaded, you're just like yeah, out here like, like grow up. you're not going to be with them in a month. Don't even <laughs> like, stop it. sneaking into your bedroom and staring at you yeah, while you sleep. Yeah, like this is not, this is call the police. <laughs> but when you read it in a teen, it's like, man, yeah. reminiscent, like, ooh, man, this is possessive. Couldn't be my kid. Yep. The reminiscing part is the is the thing that really gets me, especially when you're reading like a teen romance. It's if you've been in that situation before, suddenly all of those feelings are real again. Like they're very real and heavy on the page, but they're also very real and heavy like in your lungs and in your brain because you're just like, okay, I remember what this felt like when I when they didn't call me and suddenly I was like, okay, well, I guess we're breaking up now. <laughs> you know? Like your entire world shifts in being back in that headspace again, it's almost like an adrenaline rush if you like like to be there too often. Mm. It, it can be like heart pulp palpitations almost you know it's just like <laughs> oof, this is intense yeah all right i think we've covered team pretty well yeah so let's go ahead and wrap up this episode but stay tuned next week for our review of the adult graphic novel collection goodbye